listening to Infertility and Beyond. We are your hosts, Amy and Sasha. For us, it has not been easy trying to conceive. Come join us on this journey as we talk all things infertility, share our stories and the stories of others, bring you information surrounding fertility treatments, grief, and everything in between. We are here to connect and empower women as they navigate all things infertility and beyond. Let's get into today's episode. Hey guys, and welcome back to episode three. Um, Amy here, and I just wanted to thank you all so much for the love and support you've given me after my episode airing last week. Today we are delving into Sasha's story, Mm. so really excited to share that with you guys. But before we do, we're just going to jump over to our fertility fact of the week. Ash, what have you got for us today? Is it an animal fact? Because I love my animal facts. Well, you're going to be very happy to hear, Amy. We do have an animal fact for today. So my fact for the day is elephants are pregnant for nearly two years. Elephants have the longest pregnancies of any mammal. In specifics, is an African elephant stays pregnant for 22 months in total. Ouch. Oh my goodness. That is a big baby. That's like double. That is. That's more than double. Oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, double would be 18 months for us. So that is like even more so. And then they give birth to such a big lump. Yeah. And I've heard that they get super like compassionate and like connected to their herd. So if, if another elephant dies in that herd, they get really depressed and sad and like it affects them so much. Like they're such beautiful creatures. Yeah. Mm. So majestic. Mm. Majestic. Well, enough about elephants and let's get into today's episode with Sashi. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I've been like a little bit nervous. I, I don't know. I've been like, I was sort of avoiding it all afternoon (laughs) i didn't want to really i'm just a little bit scared to be honest like to be completely transparent with you i'm not really one to open up and tell i guess everyone air my dirty laundry that's not really dirty laundry but just i guess my struggles and stuff i've not really been one to do that so here goes nothing be kind (laughs) (laughs) um so i guess my story started with me and jari Jari and I, sorry, my grandma is like horrible. Um, So we have known each other for, gosh, so many years, 14 years now. So um, I did touch on that briefly in episode one and um, brought up that Amy was there the day that we met. So we rekindled about four years ago, well, over four years ago now. So we actually... It was just before my wedding, actually. Yeah, Yeah. it was, because he got a bait to your wedding. And you weren't sure. You're like, oh, do I invite him? I don't know. Is he here to stay? And And I was like, look, Ames, I see him in my future. And you're like, you've been obsessed with him for years. Like, what do you mean? I said he's not invited. I had to quickly make him a guest card and everything. And he was... You've been obsessed, so like... (laughs) Basically, we nearly got promoted to... um, to groomsmen, but anyway, oh, didn't quite make probably it. would be nowadays. One more week, and he would have been a groomsman for sure. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, that's how quickly the boys hit it off. Literally, the, oh, they're two peas in a pod. They're best buds, which is like so special. So lucky, like guys. honestly, yeah. I'm super grateful that like, yeah, that they just hit it off. They, I hear him giggling all the time in the room, and I'm like, what are you doing? He's like talking to Azza. I'm like, oh gosh, <laughs> okay, God knows what they're bloody talking about. Yeah, obviously um, not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, so yeah, we got together four years ago and, um, only a few months after I got like officially together with Jari, I actually started, I'd been off the pill for a little bit because I knew that, I don't know, I was just feeling like I needed to be off it and to like cleanse my body and felt like I hadn't had a proper period. And I was starting to like look into, I guess, like the human body and what you should and shouldn't do. And, um, I thought I I should have a bit of a break and I started getting some pains in, um, around my menstrual cycle. And then I noticed that they were also really long and they weren't very regular. And I thought, Oh, I'm just, just because I'm coming off the pill. I don't really know. And then I started actually getting some acute pain in one of my, what felt like one of my ovaries. So I went and seen my GP and um, pretty much they said that they wanted to do some blood tests on my hormone levels and um, send me in for a pelvic ultrasound, which is where they do an internal examination where they put a transducer like up your vagina. It's very invasive. Um, I, that was sort of the first 
that I hadn't really been t- getting regular pap smears and everything. So that was sort of like the first time that I had felt that, well, you know, that kind of experience. So a bit confronting. But, but these days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fast forward. I am like, yeah, <laughs> I'm skilled. well aware of how that feels. I'm like, this is great. <laughs> it's never a big thing for us now. Sorry. So, um, yeah. So anyway, I had that and I came out um, not knowing really what the outcome could be. And they ended up telling me that I actually had polycystic ovarian syndrome. So, um yeah, they, the doctor didn't really actually give me much information, pretty much said that I was a little bit of a complex case because I'm not overweight, I don't have acne, I don't have, you know, body hair and facial hair and all those typical symptoms. I The only thing that showed that I had PCOS was that I had quite a lot of follicles on my ovaries, which I met the, there's a certain criteria that you have to meet to qualify for that certain syndrome. And I met that and... I don't think much came up in my blood work, but it was more so around the ultrasound and the pain and the irregular periods. So I was like, okay, yep, I'm going to have to go do some more research because the GP didn't really give me much. They pretty much just said, you're young. If you want to have kids, start having kids now. And I was like, mm. okay. I, really I was stressed. At oh, I walked yeah. out of that appointment devastated. She said, she said, you are going to, you're probably going to really struggle to fall pregnant. And those words to me for someone that just like has wanted to be a mum for like their whole life. And that's like their life goal is like one of the worst things you can probably hear. Just thinking Mm. like, oh, what do you mean? Like, what have I done wrong? Throw that out there. Like, it's like hearing like, oh, you, you know, you just won the lotto. It's like, no, mate, like this is. Their bedside manner sometimes is poor, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You know, like, you're like, they wow. don't, they're, they're like a bit disconnected from their patient. They don't really, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I definitely had that experience. They didn't really know much about it. It was like, and anyone that knows anything, which we will dive into PCOS more further in like another detail, but uh, in another episode, but there is so many different types that you can have and levels, and it's really complex in itself. Like, mm. it's not very, like, one blanket fits all like it's it's yeah can be many different things so anyway of course I went google doctored myself and freaked out I felt like my world was just tumbling coming tumbling down and like we me and Jara had only been dating for like a few months so I I, there was not even in my Mm -hmm. mind to start trying for kids or anything so those words saying you should just start trying now is it wasn't even really an option for me and I it really took me a long time to process that and to come to terms with the fact that no I think I need to do it when I'm ready we actually come from you know a home where mum was a single mum we didn't have a dad growing up we had a very different sort of upbringing where we were going from point to point and I always knew that I was like I want to feel very secure and like it's the right time and I don't want to have a whilst I really really want to have a family I want it to be the right on my terms and be Mm. the you know the right the right way so that was just a whole thing in itself and I definitely had to do a lot of work with myself to come to terms with the fact that that was my reality so I was like let's park this I just need to take care of myself be active do all the right things eat healthily and we'll see how we go so fast forward three years later um and we decided that we wanted to start trying to have a baby which definitely came off the back of I think Amy saying <laughs> she was going to, well, COVID came into play and then Amy said that she was going to start trying. And I mean, she's my BFF. So <laughs> of course, like I've wanted to have kids forever. So I was and you like, you guys have been together for like at least. Yeah. And we're now. so, we're honestly like, if anyone knows me and Jari, they know that we're so in love and yeah, love each other so much. Like, we're obsessed with each other. So, yeah. well, I think Jari's obsessed with me. <laughs> Probably <laughs> <Yeah>. not now. <laughs> like, true um but yeah so anyway so we we knew that it was going to be a little bit of a you know tough time probably starting off because i had pcos and we just didn't think it was going to be a walk in the park so we thought why don't we just start seeing what happens not like trying trying but we'll just stop being careful and see what happens i'd been off the pill for quite a while so you know i in the back of my head even knowing that i had pcos i was like i'm probably gonna fall pregnant straight away yeah. like everyone we hopes that, that they so oh honestly everyone hopes that they just fall pregnant straight yeah. away like and Doctors i was like oh my god that event i'm gonna be pregnant like it's gonna be oh, 
can't even go to that because I'm going to be pregnant. <laughs> like <laughs> literally. And, um, like I, yeah, why not try, start, try straight away. Like I, acted all really cool but I was like I'm just gonna track my old ovulation even though I was still having really irregular periods like at this point my cycles were still like 39 42 days I even had one that was like 68 days long which is like huge I don't know if I was like super stressed or that was the one leading into 2020 so they were definitely super irregular um So I had a lot of work that I knew I needed to do, but after like, I guess a few months, I was like, okay, I probably need some professional help. This isn't working. We're having sex. I don't actually even know. I'm not getting the ovulation symptoms of, you know, the cervical mucus and, you know, this, if, you know, ovulation pain and all those other things. So I was like, okay, I really need to like try and pinpoint when I am actually ovulating. Uh, so five months in, I started seeing a naturopath and started taking a herb tonic and a whole lot of other supplements to help. I went on a pure natal, um, supplement. We had been having so much sex around the times that I thought that I was ovulating and I was taking the ovulation pee sticks Mm. and they were giving me the signs leading up to, I guess, ovulation, but I'll never get a flashing, I'll never get a solid smiley face. Like if anyone takes a clear blue ovulation test kits, when you get a solid smiley face, it means that you're ovulating, you're in peak ovulation. I would never get that. So after like seven months, we now got to seven months of no ovulation signs, let alone falling pregnant, I decided to go and see a fertility specialist. So, um, she, I explained everything to her and she pretty much said like, look, you're probably not ovulating. You're not getting the signs. Your cycles are really long. There's every chance that you're just not ovulating. Those sticks actually, when you have PCOS, your LH surge, which is what the sticks read, it peaks all the time. So you're getting false positives. Mm. And I'm like, oh my God, this whole time I thought that I was like ovulating and I wasn't even the first piece of the puzzle wasn't even there. So, you know, that was super hard for me to come to terms with just another step. I was like, oh gosh, okay, you know. Um, And then um, I guess like at this point, it was seven months in, the whole time I had been focusing on my own issues, knowing that I had PCOS and Jari was working away. So he was working week on, week off. And so many times we were like, oh, we need to do the sperm test, but we just hadn't got around to doing it. He would come home for a week. We would have things on. It seemed like at that point in time, we just had so many social events. We were so mm-hmm. busy. That's no excuse. But like, I was sort of like, oh, don't worry about it. It's fine. It's like, me, so you know, worry. there's no reason to think that why it would be you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he finally through through this specialist um did his sperm analysis that got sent away and was for testing and in the meantime she said i think that you should start letrozole which is the medication that amy touched on in her episode um in episode two so i on day two of my period i took one tablet every day for five days and then it was like clockwork i went in to get my scan to see how my I guess ovaries were tracking and I was so worried that I wouldn't have the same I guess like they put you on a dose hoping that you react to it in a certain way Mm. otherwise you can have a bad reaction to it and it can go the opposite way and not Not affect you in the same way so that I was just hoping that it would work so I went in there and thankfully they were like good news yep you're gonna ovulate in however many days start having sex around that day but here's the thing Here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. Bloody kick ya. When you think you just... I was like, oh, this is (laughs) great. I'm going to ovulate. I'm going to get pregnant. This is my time to shine. We were actually just about to go to Port Douglas like the week later. I was like, this is perfect. I'm literally going to ovulate when we're on holidays. We're going to make love, make this little baby. It's going to be great. She was like, but we've gotten Jara's sperm analysis back and it's not good. I'm like... I'm sorry, what? (laughs) You sure? What do you mean? And she's like, it's bad. Like, you know, his motility, there's this and this and this. What do you think it could be? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, you know, I'm going to have to have a talk with him. I don't know. But my, my heart, my soul was crushed. I was like, what do you mean? Like, I just thought we got this other piece of the puzzle. And she's like, no, it's like, I don't think you're going to be able to fall pregnant. I, I, you can take the letrozole and try, but I don't want you to take it for too long because you you will literally go crazy. Mm. So I was like, oh, okay. Effects, but I was like, I'm just gonna take it, and I like you know. And I took it for two months, and I did ask Jari, I'm like, what do you think it could be? And he's like, 
he was shocked, just as shocked as I was. Mm. Like he knew he wanted a baby just as much as me, and like he, like didn't know, I guess, what it could really be, and he put it down to he in the past has taken anabolic steroids and he was on a really micro dose because he has quite a lot of injuries and it helps with inflammation and all those things like he's had a shoulder reconstruction neck surgery he like don't get me wrong he has a delicious body (laughs) it's very delicious he's very good looking but he doesn't take them for i think when people think of steroids they think of like these juiced up like meatheads that you know he so he was taking it more for like a therapeutic Thing for his body yeah. like a recovery Dara, like is really like he does his research he's really into his training yeah. he loves like boxing he's very very active so for him to have an injury it's extremely inconvenient yeah so he was on this microdose thinking like oh it's fine clearly not it has affected him so much that his sperm quality was to the point where we probably wouldn't fall pregnant naturally Mm -hmm. and then mix that with my issues of pcos not being able to pinpoint ovulation they were pretty much like she on the spot was like you need to do ivf and i was like whoa yeah. this well what do you mean Sorry, what? I yeah <laughs> i'm like i i just need to ovulate isn't that right like so that yeah. in itself was like a huge i guess setback in my mind i was like wow we've got to really evaluate like what we're doing and our plan and we still went on holidays still had sex i definitely ovulated went for my blood test while i was on holidays and they're like yep definitely ovulating and i got the symptoms and whilst i was on the letrozole which i took for two months i had a 31 day cycle which is the shortest cycle i've ever had and that was just because it was synthetically, you know, manipulated. So um, when I actually came off the lechazole and was like, okay, let's focus on Jara's sperm quality and my just getting me back to a really good position in my cycle and bring down my cycle length and try and induce an ovulation through herb tonics and through my naturopath and acupuncture. I was going to acupuncture. I started acupuncture straight away when we started trying to fall pregnant um so i started doing that and um, my cycle was actually like gosh 61 days after i took the Mm. letrozole so that i felt like every week that i was waiting it was just so long Mm. um which really traditional person like in my case like it was a pretty clockwork cycle like you know the two week before ovulation you ovulate then the two week wait whereas you know you 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 ovulate even less so you were waiting even more time which meant you had even less chances like like i didn't even know if i was ovulating in that mm -hmm. time so it wasn't even like oh yep okay it might be a little bit longer for the next one but i'm gonna ovulate i was like am i even ovulating yeah so i wasn't gonna keep taking electrosol because it did have like it made me a bit dizzy and like it's not it doesn't it doesn't come at no cost like you've you yeah you've got some side effects there so um i couldn't really just keep taking that knowing that jara's quality of sperm wasn't really up there so he actually seek some advice and got told that he could take a hcg um like a human growth hormone which would significantly help it so straight away ordered that through a business that he knows and was taking that injection uh and stopped taking the anabolic steroids so the, and then after that, um, we got to about February 2021 and my girlfriend, just through conversation actually, told me that she knew about a um, bulk billing fertility clinic that does IVF. So I started looking into that and I was like, look, IVF is probably going to be our reality. Like we're not really, I think my cycle I'd gotten down to maybe like 37 days at that point. Uh, but we just, and, and, and I was getting to the point where I was getting like super impatient and like it was affecting me heaps mentally. And like friends were falling pregnant. Friends were falling pregnant. Everyone was around me. I started a huge trigger for me was people were announcing they were pregnant and then they were starting to share their, oh my God, this was a year ago. Like they've had their baby and then sharing their post saying i can't believe this announcement was a year ago and i was like what the fuck because remember like a year ago when we started trying those people weren't even trying and then all of a sudden they were pregnant and now those people have given birth and we're still not pregnant yeah. so the concept uh, is like and like all what? those things come into play with your mental health and how you deal with things yeah. and i started just really pushing myself away from any social event went into my shell i was really not present I don't know. I just started going down this really dark hole of, I just really wanted to be pregnant. I was so focused on it. 
So I was like, I'm booking in, doing, you know, we're just going to look at IVF. I was actually really scared to talk to Jar about it because I thought he was just going to be like, let's just keep going naturally. It'll be fine. I think the fact that the bulk billing is significantly cheaper helped because when we got first quoted on the IVF with the specialist, it was going to be $10,000 and we're going to be out of pocket 6000 which you're not even guaranteed that like as a getting a baby out of that so imagine having to do that a few times we're saving for a house deposit and all these other things so yeah Yeah. jara started a new business so um yeah so we were really thankful that we could go into the bulk billing ivf and i booked the appointment i you know waited the time seen the consult got the the thing going and then thankfully two weeks later i actually got my period naturally i was like oh my god my body is doing something great for me because Mm -hmm. normally i would have to wait so long i think that cycle was about 37 days long and i was so pumped to go in get my first blood test pick up my medication on the way to the clinic they called me and they're like I am so sorry, but your egg collection is actually going to fall on the Easter Good Friday. And then Monday's a public holiday as well, so we have to scrap this cycle. And I'm like, what? I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I just feel like there had been so many moments where there's so many more that I, I haven't even explained that, you know, you just forget about. But I remember thinking what are you like how is this happening to me yeah i've already waited and i've I've, I've, I've stood in line but i got my period it's like when you're like a kid and you're like standing in line for like the candy at the candy store and then you then you get to the window and he's like sorry we're out see you tomorrow oh literally come back tomorrow i'm shot (laughs) but yeah like and then i thought oh my god i don't know how long my next period's gonna be it's not like i'm just like oh in 28 days i can come back like yeah so thankfully they said you can go on the mini pill for two weeks and then you'll get a bleed and then you can start your medication. And I was like, oh my God, I've been off the pill for so long. Like, and I'm going to like go and be on the pill. But I was like, oh <laughs> look, all of these IVF drugs are like, I guess, ruling out every other holistic thing that I've done with my naturopath anyway. So it defeats the purpose of thinking yeah. of that. But I, so I ended up doing that and like... I had a pretty good reaction with the IVF drugs other than being super emotional and like a bit bloated. Like you said, I was just like super grateful and like the experience wasn't too bad. I also didn't get put under anesthetic for my egg retrieval. I just had the same, me and Amy were at different places, but um, yeah, similar sort of process. And yeah, we'll touch more on that in the different episode. So Uh, another thing that when we went to the IVF clinic and started going through all the tests again, they tested Jara's semen again. And unfortunately his sperm quality was the same or like hadn't changed. I hadn't gotten any better. And I was, they were like, the only way that you'll ever fall pregnant right now is if you do IVF. And if you do the ICSI method, which is where they pick the sperm out they pick the best quality and then they actually inject it into the egg Mm -hmm. and to try and create an embryo. So I was in panic mode. I was so sad. Jara was like just being such a positive little rock and was like, it's okay. Like at least we have this option. Mm -hmm. We're going to have our baby. It's going to be great. And I was just like, oh my God, like I'm just so scared. And I was just freaking out thinking by the time we got to the transfer and everything that like how about if it went down or like a, ugh, there was just so many things playing in my head. Yeah. So, but anyway, I, you know, got my egg collection, had my embryo transfer. I actually only had a two day transfer. Um, I got five eggs, which my clinic was only aiming for the five eggs. So I got five eggs and then I got um, four embryos out of that and was lucky enough to have a fresh transfer. So I didn't have the hyperstimulation issue as Amy did. So, um, I, yeah, had the, the two day transfer. And then I found out a few days later that all my other embryos had survived and they would now be frozen as blastocysts. So I have three frozen blastocysts, which I'm super, super grateful for. So, 
Um, yeah, that was really great. And then uh, um, I guess I had that dreaded two-week wait <laughs> that everyone wait. hates. Yeah. It is honestly so hard. And then you think every tiny little twinge or feeling, you're like, oh, is this? Am is I it just the progesterone, yeah. or am I pregnant? <laughs> like I don't know. My, at this point, my mind's playing tricks on me. I'm like, am I making things up? Am I crazy? Yes, I'm crazy at this point. Because <laughs> so. that's another thing that I didn't mention my episode, and you can mention now is with you, you do. Um, after egg collection, you do insert progesterone pessary pretty much. Yeah. Basically, thicken the lining, prepare. And, and honestly, they are horrible. Yeah. I mean, I know it's for the greater good, but <laughs> if anyone has done progesterone pessaries, it's pretty much like, this is probably too much information, TMI, but... Anyway. but whatever i'm past that point yeah, of like <laughs> whatever so they're like these little like gel bullets that you put all the way up your vagina and they eventually just melt into like an oily like Cream liquid and they they out. come out all in your undies you have to wear like a liner or a pad because they just melt out and would go on your pants if you were just wearing like a g-string or something <laughs> that was thin put away all your sexy undies and look yeah honestly and that goes granny, out the door granny panties are your new best friend go and buy them in bulk and like you don't want to wear a g-string anyway because like the the progesterone makes you super bloated oh. and you're not you're just like you're not this is it. not i'm not feeling myself no. and i don't want jared to be feeling this so Literally, clearly a woman did not invent progesterone but i mean it it is for the greater good and it's so amazing the job that it plays and like it's a vital part in carrying a pregnancy and if you have progesterone dips and you can have a miscarriage and stuff like that so i feel like whilst we complain about it i wouldn't not take them yeah like that's not you know that so but anyway so fast forward to the 3rd of may i it was two days before my scheduled blood test and i just couldn't wait i had to take a pregnancy test and um yeah, I took it and it was positive. You got the two lines? I got the two oh lines. I didn't God. have the pregnant reading one, but um, I can't even describe the feeling. I It didn't feel real. I was in shock. I cried. I, I It was the weirdest feeling. I was like, holy hell. It's, it's like, it's fine. And I remember feeling I was so excited, but, you know, only a few days before that, you had told me that you weren't pregnant and you really felt like you were pregnant and... I was so excited for myself. I was scared that I knew that the journey was still going to be long, but I feel like I couldn't fully be excited because I knew that you weren't pregnant. Mm -hmm. Like there was just something inside me that was like, I'm excited. I don't really, I don't know. I'm excited. I don't know how to feel because like my BFF, my, you know, I don't know. It was, it was a really hard time to navigate because like i just wanted you to be pregnant with me so and i was so happy for you like i was like over the moon because like because you were pregnant i was like oh i kind of feel pregnant too because like you're like the same (laughs) person at this point but i know what you mean it's like you just we just want each other to be pregnant like we just want everything happy yeah i had like i felt like a part of my heart was so full but then there was also a big hole for you so um but anyway so i was super excited i told the few people that knew we were doing ivf so i kept that a bit private we didn't really want to tell anyone we just felt a bit like oh a bit weird about having to do ivf at first and scared and so we only had a few people that knew. So I told them because they obviously knew when my date was going to be when I would find out. So I told them that I was pregnant. I started going through the motions. I started buying all this baby stuff. Looked at all my dates. When am I going to maternity leave? When am I going to do this? When am I going to do that? Um, like planning. Just, such a planner. I'm such a planner. I'm, like, I'm such a, planner, a control but you're a planner, freak. 2.0. Yeah, honestly. So I was just like all caught up in those, you know, dates and doing all that and. Anyway, um, on the 28th of May, um, we were due to go in for our first scan. It was seven and a half weeks gestation. So we went in and we went onto the table and the doctor was super nice. He was like, oh, are you excited? Like my little hype hype boy, but um, I laid down. And he's like, oh, it'll take me a little bit to find it. And he was moving the transducer around. It was another um, internal vaginal um, one because it, the baby would be way too small to just see th- through an ultrasound through the tummy. So mm-hmm. he was trying to find it. And I could just tell that something, his face was blank. He actually had told Jara to film it. Thankfully, Jara didn't film it I was because say. he was like, oh, do you want to get your like camera out and film it? Oh, he, bless him, because obviously normally yeah, it's usually, like a really yeah. fun time. Oh, but yeah. um, 
and he grabbed my arm and he was like, I'm sorry, like it's not good news. <laughs> sorry. I can just like remember it so specifically. And um, he was like, I'm sorry, it's, it's not good news and your baby doesn't have a heartbeat and your body's most likely going to miscarriage it in the next two weeks. And I'm so sorry. And I was in shock. Like I had not had any pain or any cramping. (laughs) I just was like, how is this happening to me? Like, what do you mean? Like I've gone through all this and I'm Yeah. Like how? Like, Like, and like in this story, I, you know, I've really brushed over the things that have happened, but anyone that's going through this knows that it is so hard every step of the way and every emotion. And like, so to get to this point is just like, holy shit. And then to have it just ripped away from you in mm-hmm. seconds, like, and I, to be honest, like a week leading up to that scan, I like felt something was really different and I didn't know if I was just being negative. I felt really anxious. My mom was trying to be like, Oh, how's little baby? Like, how's everything going? And I'm like, mom, just, it's early days. Like just, I kept brushing it off and kept acting a bit weird. And like, I don't know if that was just me being paranoid because we do have a lot of friends that have had miscarriages Mm -hmm. or, but I don't know. I felt something was different and yeah. So anyway, that happened and I went home. The hardest thing was the waiting, like just not knowing when it was going to come. Every time I felt the tiniest inkling, I would think this is the blood coming. Like, and they said that, you know, it will be not just blood, it'll be clots of tissue and it'll be really heavy and you'll probably have a lot of pain. And, you know, I talked to people that had had miscarriages and said it was, you know, quite painful. So I was just waiting for that, waiting, you know, for that all to come. And I was, that was the hardest thing. Cause I was like, okay, I'm very like, okay, yep. This is what's happening. This is my reality. What's next? We have frozen babies, embryos in there. Okay, let's move on. But the fact that it hadn't actually happened yet and I was still waiting, it I had no closure. So I ended up on the Tuesday, so about five days later. Wait, four days later. <laughs> I can't count. I went to the hospital and tried to, you know, get book in, see my options to get a DNC because they said you could just clear out and then you're not waiting for it. Because if you let it pass naturally, then you can get like excess tissue that still stays in there and, and it can, um, you know, it, you'll have to get surgery anyway. Your HCD levels won't come down. So I was like, all right, let's just get it over and done with. I would prefer to just get it all out and be able to move on and mourn and, you know, that would be it. So I went there and they, because I hadn't gone through them publicly, they were like, oh, even though you've done IVF and you know your dates, like we can't actually tell if, you are just too early to know if there's a heartbeat or you know we have to monitor you for a week and do more tests in a week's time before we would agree to do a surgery Mm. and I was like because my HCG was still quite high at this time so I was like oh okay like all right whatever meanwhile I was actually got put forward for like a promotion for a job and was trying to juggle writing an application and got notified that I had an interview and the interview was on the following Monday so I was meant to go back to the hospital on the Tuesday so I was like oh my god I've got to prepare for an interview this interview would essentially put me into the highest point of my career this I had so much pressure Mm. And then, so I was trying to prepare for that, which was just horrible, trying to get yourself in a headspace that would, yeah, help you with that. So I ended up going back, oh, sorry, I ended up having the interview, got the job, fuck yeah, go Sashi. The fact that I could get a job in a state that I was in makes me so much prouder. And I'm now like at the highest peak of my career and I'm so proud of myself. Never would have thought that I could have done that in that situation. I honestly don't think a lot of people could have done that. A lot of people would have said, sorry, I'm pulling out the story. And like work doesn't know what's going on. No, I haven't told them. So anyway, so the following day, so I did that, smashed that, got the job. Tuesday, went into the hospital. They did some scans. Did, sorry, did some bloods, did some scans. And the lady was like, hmm, you know that there is a uh, follicle on your left ovary that's like really big. And I'm like, yeah, I've got PCOS. I also did IVF. 
And she started asking me all these other questions like, oh, did you have sex around your transfer? Did they tell you not to have sex? Have you been having pregnancy symptoms? Have you been having this? Have you been having that? And I was like, she literally made me believe that there was another baby in there. And I've heard that that has happened. And I started telling myself that going crazy during the wait, thinking, have I not had a miscarriage because the baby's actually alive or Mm. there's something like this is only like a follow-up scan. Maybe it was too early to tell. Like maybe Mm. they just didn't know. Because I think, like, before we knew all our friends having miscarriages, we thought that a miscarriage was when you just started bleeding randomly, but that's not always yeah, the case. Yeah, no. Like, that, well, so I actually had a missed miscarriage, yeah. which apparently is quite common. So, yeah, um, yeah so I, I went in and she was asking me these questions. I thought, oh, my God, there's a baby in there. There's a baby in there. <laughs> um, and then I came out and what they actually – I had waited. There's so much waiting. When you go through the public system, that's one thing I'll do differently is – I actually had an appointment booked in with an obstetrician the week after. I just didn't want to go book in with them too early. I was going to go at the eight-week mark. So at this point, I was nine weeks pregnant. I was still pregnant. I just didn't have an alive baby inside me. Mm. So um, I was nine weeks and she was saying, look, we think that you've got an additional ectopic pregnancy on your left ovary. So we're going to do the DNC today and you're going to have to come back for more testing. And if it your HCG levels have not gone down, then you need to get an additional surgery. And I was like, are you kidding me? What, what are the chances? Like, what do you mean? So I was mm. like, okay, an additional ectopic pregnancy, what the hell? But then the fact that I wouldn't even be able to leave here and have a clean slate, mm. my HCG wouldn't start going down. It's not over yet. Like you can't actually move on to the next part of the process. Yeah. So that was like super hard for me. And thankfully I went back and, you know, got the test a few days later and I was okay. And we will touch on miscarriage in another, um, we won't touch on it. We'll do an actual episode on it and I'll talk about how I handled it and the actual process and all the aftercare and everything of a DNC. Um, but I went home and I was like, okay, get back on the herbs, get back on the train you know, try and get my cycle back. I'd read that some women can get their cycle four to six weeks later. So I was really hoping that that would be me because at times my cycle had been like 68 days, you know, long. Mm -hmm. So, and a lot of people had said that, oh, your hormones like reset after you have a miscarriage or you're pregnant. So I was really clinging on to that. And I got to like day 37 and that's when I started like spiraling and thinking, okay, what the fuck? I haven't got my period. What's going on? This was, like, happening around the same... Like, it's weird how Sasha had her miscarriage, I think, two days or three days before I was told that I couldn't have my yeah, first... Your hyper- st- you yeah, your hyper... You got the hyper-stimulation thing. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a huge thing where, like, while I think it's devastating what's happened to me, I feel like... I don't know. I... If I can give you anything, it's to give you that I'm there by your side mm. throughout this now. And I honestly, with all of my heart, would prefer you be pregnant and be the last one. Like, I feel like there's a whole bunch of us trying to get pregnant. Yeah. And I'm just that kind of person that's like, I'd rather be the last one. So that everyone, I take care of all you guys mm. and you're happy. Yeah. And like, I know you're so thoughtful. And I think I remember like when she did tell me that news and at first I was spiraling, devastated. I was like, hold on a second. Sasha just had a miscarriage and... Like, you know, we're going to be in we're this gonna together be, now. Yeah, we're we're going to have twins, Basil. <laughs> we keep saying twins, Basil. Can't <sighs> wait. Is that like dream come true? Yeah. In the end. Honestly, it, it's so crazy that, it, you know, <clears throat> us of all people are BFFs and it's taken us this long and our journey's far from over yet. But it's like weird how we've like come to this point yeah. together. Yeah. So, right. um, but anyway, so on day 42, I end up getting my period. Thank the Lordy because <laughs> they had a wine of vino to celebrate. I'm not gonna lie, throughout that time I was a bit of an alcoholic. <laughs> I no, I you just weren't. But I you just every night I feel I had so much anxiety. I had so and I will touch I will talk about it in the miscarriage episode, but I was in such a dark place mm. and like just not myself. Not my, I thought I am crazy for literally like a few days after I had my DNC, one of our good friends had like a gender reveal and I thought I'd be fine to go. And it was actually really, really hard for me mm. to go to something like that. I just thought like, oh, I just want to be there to support someone else. And like, I really should have probably taken care of myself. Cause I think there's so many times throughout this process where I've just spread myself too thin and tried to be there for others when I really need to take care of myself. And mm. 
so I, like it has been like a super hard process for me and you know whilst I feel like I'm on the back of it now and there are times where just like them when I got really upset I think like you know I have learned a lot from it and I'm grateful and you know I just I'm excited for the next steps now I've mm-hmm. I've mourned that and I'll never forget that baby or that experience but yeah so anyway so I took I uh, got my period I am now on estrogen tablets which are making me significantly sick Literally. honestly like kill me now didn't have many reactions from the IVF needles but I have had from day two of taking the estrogen tablets I've had really bad migraines and dizziness and nausea and to the point where it like has put me in bed I've had time off work I my headaches were so bad that I was taking heaps of aspirin and I like cooked myself on aspirin <laughs> and gave myself gastritis so I couldn't even stomach food and now I've just like I don't know. I've gone cold turkey, (laughs) but actually the headaches have gotten so much better. So I was like, Oh my God. And I cried so many times and broke down. Cause I'm like, how the hell do people just have sex and get pregnant? And I'm, this is me. This is my reality. I'm like struggling so much to the point where I can't go to work and mentally it's affecting me heaps. So yeah, so that's where I'm at. I'm still taking the estrogen. I am due to go get a scan soon. And then hopefully a week later like hopefully my lining will be all good at that scan and then a week later i will be able to do my transfer which yeah i've I've got a um grade six aa as well baby so twins so you know if it's successful me and amy will be nine days apart i know well it depends on how early we go oh yeah true but due around that time oh Oh, here's us getting caught up in the day you know what (laughs) yeah Right, I could go late Cut and that you bit could out. go early and it could be the same day. Oh, that who knows? Actually. And hopefully, like, I have a boy and you have a girl and they can get married. Yeah, well, that is the ultimate plan. Yeah. Because, you know. That's <laughs> oh, well, we're going to have a few, so. Yeah. <laughs> one of them will be a girl and one of them will be a girl. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. So. I just wanted to do an edit to this episode. Um, this was recorded a few weeks ago before I had my transfer and I've since had my transfer. So I just wanted to be transparent with you guys and give you a little bit of an update at where I'm currently at. Um, so we were super, super lucky and had another successful transfer. Only this time it was a frozen embryo transfer and um, we were over the moon. We were so happy. I was getting a lot more pregnancy symptoms than I did the first time around. I was very nauseous, very tired. Um, I unfortunately um, felt like I was pregnant for two seconds before I started getting some spotting uh, of some, I guess, like a brown sort of spotting, which um, as many of you have probably experienced, you sit down on the toilet and you see that there and your heart just absolutely sinks. Um, At first it was sort of like a light spotting and it started getting a little bit heavier, but I wasn't too worried. Um, I sent a photo to Jara and he was so cute. He was like, darling, it's okay. It's implantation bleeding. Heaps of women get it. I've been Googling it. I've been researching it. Um, and I actually did have quite a few friends that had had the bleeding before. So I was still trying to be optimistic, although a part of me was super scared. Um, about I, the next day, um, it started getting a bit heavier and, um, I went and got a blood test and they said my HCG was still high. Um, but obviously they were concerned about the bleeding and, um, that I would have to come back in a few days. And cause it was leading into a weekend it, that I had to wait until the Monday. So this was on the Thursday and, um, yeah, um, unfortunately the, um, the bleeding started getting heavier and sorry, the um I started getting a lot of pain and I just knew that it wasn't implantation bleeding it was it was something bad <sighs> sorry <sighs> um and I actually went back and got my blood test and they confirmed that 
I had a miscarriage again. So this time around, it wasn't a missed miscarriage. It um, was, I guess, just what some people would think is is the traditional miscarriage where it's sort of the blood and pain. Um, until going through this journey, I really didn't realize that there were so many different different miscarriages you could have. And I've now, now had two different ones, um, which you know, it's really hard because I was so confident and we had like a really strong embryo and I was doing all the right things. And obviously you just start spiraling and start thinking that, you know, is it, what are you, what are you doing wrong? Is it you? Are you never going to be able to have kids? And, you know, I had a day like that where I was just so beside myself and we have two other embryos frozen available and I started thinking like is it the batch of embryos do I need to do another fresh fresh IVF cycle or um I just it was really really tough for me those few days and I just I didn't I was so scared I would get back to the place that I was at when I had my last miscarriage and I was just so so down and I I pretended like I was okay to so many people and I really wasn't. And it took me so long to get to a better place. And I just was so scared in those moments that that was going to happen again. And, you know, I had a day where I just really sat in my feelings and Jara was pretty upset as well. You know, he, like a lot of people forget about how this affects, you know, the male and the relationship, but you know, it, it affected him heaps this time, so much this time. And we just had our time just together and we sat there and we hugged each other and we said, you know what? We are so blessed. Like if you look at what is happening in the world right now, we are going to bed tonight with a full tummy. We have a warm bed to lay in a safe house. We love each other more than ever before. We've only fallen in love more through this process and we have our beautiful dogs, our little fur babies that give us love. And we're surrounded by so many beautiful people that just care for us so much. And we are truly, truly blessed. And like, as soon as I started thinking about that stuff, I instantly just felt better. Not that I would ever, ever forget those babies. And like, I still have so much hurt in my heart. But when you can see the bigger picture and you those things that feel like the end of the world you can just it puts things into perspective and it really isn't like there is so much craziness going on in the world right now and if you take a step back and you look at what you have and you feel that gratefulness it's just super grounding and it is literally what has gotten me through these last few days I have been so happy and it's it's, it's amazing. I can't believe how much my mindset has gotten me through. And I've been listening to music and I've been dancing around and I have just been like living every day with so much, so much happiness because I know that I'm going to be a mom and I'm not going to give into those limiting beliefs that I can't do it because I can. And I'm going to, it, it may just take a little bit longer, but that's okay. Because, you know, there's people out there that are going through a lot worse and I'm not trying to discredit my hurt and my pain but I just think if you look at the bigger picture and you just appreciate the things that you really do have and and you just know truly in your heart within yourself that it's going to be okay then every day is so much easier like being really sad and down and depressed like I was last time it made the days go so much slower and it 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 isn't going to change the outcome it's just going to be torture for yourself so I, I just wanted to be super transparent and I, I hope that me sharing this, this is so fresh. This is so raw. Like I'm literally still bleeding. Like I'm, I felt like I was pregnant for two seconds, but I can't believe how much blood I'm losing <laughs> still. And I just hope that me sharing this will give women the courage and, you know, the voice that they need to be ha- able to have those conversations and to open up and to feel strong because sadly it is so common that we go through these kind of things and we feel so alone and like we can't tell anyone but it doesn't need to always be like that and and you just need to find the strength and it is unbelievable how healing it is to open up and 
and you'll get so much support. So I just wanted to add this into this episode. It has pushed the episode a little bit longer, but um, yeah, I just, I really appreciate the love and support I've already received. And I, I really couldn't be at this point and do this without you guys. So yeah, I just, I do want to just say like little disclaimer that obviously this is my journey and I have seeked, you know, advice from my allied professionals and done things a certain way, but I do encourage everyone to go out and get their own medical advice. I do think it's imperative to do it sooner rather than later because like knowledge is power mm. and you don't want to just think like, what if, or I've waited all this time. Like I know that you waited a really long time for everyone to get married because you thought you were going to get pregnant straight away, yeah. Amy. And um, <laughs> you put like, your life on hold for other people, but not it's not it's that's your your fault of your own, I guess. But yeah, I guess if you're out there listening and you're like, well, we're not trying to conceive yet, but maybe we are going to start trying soon. Go get your ducks in order. Yeah, go get, get ready. And like my biggest test. regret is like I just wish that we got Chari's sperm tested earlier mm. because. I think I was really blindsided by that. I was like, oh, wait, what do you mean? Okay, shit, that's another thing that we should, could have been working yeah. on in, in the process. And so, and I, I just strongly encourage you, we're going to do more episodes on male infertility and, you know, other aspects of it. So you'll get an inside scoop, I, I guess. think also our partners have agreed to come on the podcast. What? We're excited to have them on here. Yeah, we're going to do an interview. A bit about like a male perspective and how do they kind of have coped through this and how they have supported us. And they're yeah. going to talk so much shit about us. <laughs> they're going to be like, they've been crazy. They want uninter- <laughs> They said we have that we don't want to be um, babysat. So they want to do it on their own. Boys taking over apparently. Oh we'll we'll see what happens. But anyway, we're excited to give you that episode as well. Yeah. All right. Well, this one's gone a little bit long. Sorry, I've babbled on. Um, and yes, obviously as well, we will, you know, obviously if you feel the need to message Sasha, but, you know, she will get back to you when she can because it is it is um, overwhelming to have to respond, as we've said yeah, before. Yeah, like, like there's a lot of people that don't really know this part yeah, of my life yeah. and I am terrified to share it. But if I can help anyone, if I can help mm. one person, yeah. it's going to be worth it. So, 100%. Well, you've yeah. helped me. So. Oh, thanks, Dolly. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right, guys, that's a wrap. Just a reminder to everyone listening that we see you, we hear you, and that you are not alone in this. Yeah, and just remember, guys, head over to our Instagram at infertilityandbeyond underscore. Send us a message. Let us know what you thought of today's show, and all corresponding links will be in our show notes. All right. Until next time. See you guys. Bye.